And the facts is this, boys. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Alice? Alice! 
Alice has been on her own for more than 30 hours. When your mind starts to play tricks on you out there, like you're being watched, that you're not alone. Down here. Nature holds us all to account. Good morning, Robert. Uh, welcome. Thank you very much for your time. I've got to talk about I've got to talk about your um, all those DVDs on the back. Ah, yeah. Yours are somewhere in the middle there as well. So I've got a yes. a few, a few. <laughs> and are there sound? Yeah, is it Agnes Varda? Is that the Criterion it is. collection? Yeah, that one. Uh, there. I've got that. That's amazing. That oh, set of her, of her work. That's incredible. It's a phenomenal and set, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, what's the one above with the red? Uh, this one here, that's the Bong Joon-ho set with all of his films. Oh, right. So, oh, that, 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 I'd have to, I'll have to get that. Yeah. Kind of jealous. Sorry, That's okay. It goes a little bit further along there. I must say that whenever I do interview people, it's a wonderful kind of icebreaker is to go, oh, you've got that. Oh, you've got that. It's, uh, it's quite Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Because there's nothing yeah. like physical media. Um, you know. I love it. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. Right. Um, but we're, we're remastering films like my all my back film catalogue now, for, doing 4K remasters and Blu-rays, and it's really good. It's a good process just to make sure they're captured yeah, well, physically. I picked up uh, the copy of The the Bank, which was recently re-released, and I watched it, Miff, last yeah. year. And yeah, great. I tell you what, I saw it in cinemas when it first came out, and now, and it's just it's like a whole new film. It's beautiful. It's stunning. So, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm really grateful that you're doing it because again, there's also, you know, the curation and the, you know, selection and, and keeping it all alive, but also alive. Australian films tend to, you know, we get their release once and then that's it. Like I remember Chopper yeah. was not available for about 10 years on anything. And it's crazy, <laughs> you know, so it's crazy. It's crazy. We're doing a uh, 4K remaster at the moment of Romulus, my father. Oh, good. You know, so which was great. So with the first film that I did with Eric and directed by Richard Roxburgh, who acts now in Force of Nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite a good, uh, it's it's a good path to kind of talking about Force of Nature, but it's also a great path to also talking about your, your working relationships. And I... I want to start talking about what that working relationship has been like with Eric over the years. How did it start off and how has it evolved over the years that you've worked together? Oh, it's just been amazing, really. I, you know, I reached out to him for Romulus, my father, and he just finished doing Munich. He was at the peak of his international career and he read the book and just loved it um, and came on board that film with Richard and I and we became friends. And then when I moved to Melbourne after Balibo, uh, he said, do you want to get an office together? Why don't we hang out somewhere? And so we rented an office, which we we're in for 10 years. We've just bought a little office now down in Port Melbourne. And, and he and I have always had this kind of belief that we need a place to go and hang out and talk about stuff, toss ideas around, invite other young filmmakers to come and be part of the kind of community. And... And it was there that Bruno Papandrea had sent me the unpublished manuscript of The Dry, mm. which I read. And I was literally sitting opposite the couch, you know, in our office, said to Eric, I've read this, I've read this amazing book. And that's kind of how it happened. So it's pretty organic. I think, you know, we, uh, 
you know, as friends kind of collaborate in a pretty organic way. There's no, there's no structure to it. There's no expectation or we don't, we may or may not work on things together. Yeah. There's a, what I really appreciate about your work and as well as what Eric does is there's a selflessness to it as well. Like the, there is a, an aspect of trying to support and elevate and nurture new talent, but also bring stories to light, which we don't usually see. And I'm curious if you can talk about how important that is as a filmmaker. Yeah. I mean, without any comparable filmmaker, Peter Weir's influence on me has just been massive, Mm -hmm. you know, since I was a young kid and taken the school bus to go and see Gallipoli, you know, at the Richmond cinema, at the foot of the Blue Mountains and, and then looking at his work that told stories about Australia, but also political works like The Year of Living Dangerously, which, you know, really influenced my film Balibo, and then his international work. And I, I've always thought of him as like a humanist filmmaker, you know, that, that his filmmaking style is almost to use the microscope to look into the human condition. Mm. And there's a modesty to it. These are beautiful works of cinema, but they're not demonstratively showy. And I think that he is an inspiration in that regard, that he, he tell, he, his work tells stories that are deeply personal but epic. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I try and emulate that in my work. I try and almost um, subsume a kind of, uh, I don't know, like an ambition to kind of be demonstrative in a showy way mm. but then be epic and large scale as force of nature in the dry and blue back up. Yeah, it's fascinating. So it's interesting you've observed something like that probably in my work. Yeah. And I mean, you've got the Australian landscape to lean on as well. And that's extremely helpful. As you're saying, you know, you've got the, yeah. the, the dryness of the dry, you have the beautiful West Australian uh, landscape for blueback, And then of course, force of nature. And I'm fascinated, like those two, the, you know, the ocean seems to be a little bit easier to work on and, you know, the, the dryness of the outback seems to be easier to work on, but the wetness of the forest in Force of Nature, what was it like to shoot in that kind of landscape? The toughest film I've done, yeah. like <clears throat> without exception. I mean, filming in the heart of winter in remote valleys, you know, that no one's ever filmed in before. Um, and taking a crew in under dark, short days because it's winter, you know, so we had to go in in, dark, in the darkness to set up. And, yeah, no, I uh, feel very battle-hardened by it. But also I think audiences more than ever are looking for authenticity and veracity in work and, you know, decades of VFX-heavy superhero films shot in studios on sound stages with, you know, green screens and, you know, artificial worlds. It's It's fascinating challenge to kind of make things feel authentic and I think with a story about five a survival story about five women lost in the bush well you've got to put them in the bush you've got to put them in the real bush you're not filming it in the botanic gardens you're going out miles out into the bush in the weather in the rain and then you're putting the actors there and seeing what happens and tough as that is I think it's on screen I I love it's palpable I think on screen Mm. but on the same hand there's also a thread of uh, tenderness and care and support and then a recognition of the importance and value of respecting nature throughout your work. And yeah, and there is a very much an environmentalist uh, stance to your work as well. I'm curious how important it is to not make that the, the prominent point of it, but to have it as a backbone or as an undercurrent to some of the narratives for you. 
Yeah, I think there's probably no more important story to be telling right now than to be looking at our nat at the natural world, whether it's more of a political film like Blueback, an environmental film like Blueback, or films like The Dry and Force of Nature that are set in extraordinary landscapes mm. um, and depict them in, in a way and take audiences into them. We shoot on large format cameras, almost IMAX level cameras now to get the big epic sense of these of these worlds. I mean, I grew up in the Blue Mountains and uh, my father taking me into the bush of, I think, in the mid-70s when I was a little kid, you know, learning about the bush from my dad. And he was probably that generation pre the kind of concept of climate change and like an early environmentalist, mm. my dad, you know, part of those bushwalking clubs where they had an ethical framework about the bush and you'd go into the bush and not leave a footprint there. When you left, you'd take, you know, everything out. And, you know, and so he taught me some of those principles as a young little seven or eight year old. Um, and you can probably see a touch of that um, inspiration of my father in the, in the flashback story, you know, of, of um, Jeremy Lindsay Taylor's yeah. Eric Falls taking young Aaron into the bush. I certainly can. And that's, that's one of the things which I've noticed as well about your work is that there is this wonderful sense of reflecting on the past and how it influences and changes and in, informs the future. And I'm curious if you can talk about the importance of looking backwards. And it's specifically, like, the dry, it is so integral to the actual story. And when I say the dry, I mean both of the films. Yeah. But it's integral to the story that we see his past and how it's informing the case that he's working on. But I'm curious for you as a storyteller how important it is as well. Yeah, I... Cinema does it really well. Cinema handles time in a non-linear way really, really well. And I think, you know, I remember someone years ago saying to me that the way we live our life, we probably spend about a third of our time thinking about the present, the practical present moment, you and I are here, you know, now. And we probably spend about 30% of our day worrying and thinking and contemplating the future and about a third of the day reflecting on the past and things that have happened in the past. So our, our life is lived in three time frames, even though we're physically here. So cinema does that really well. It's able to show you characters. I mean, I've done the, the film uh, Rowan Woods directed The Boys. That had flash forwards, so it was the opposite. It, le it leapt into the future. Um, and a Force of Nature has two other time frames in the past, you know, the women's journey in the recent past and his childhood a long time ago. So I guess for me, it's working out how to tell stories where the past, the present and the future are like all, you know, locked together, entwined. And and I think audiences can handle it really well. I think they, um, you know, kind of unlock. I mean, you can do a linear stories mm. fine. You begin here and you end here and some great, massive, important works of cinema do that. But I guess my own interests are, are less linear in terms of how time impacts on us. Is that, as you're talking about, you know, remastering your older films, do, are you feeling that sense yourself <laughs> at the moment and going back, back a to where you work here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think if I, if I think of where I'm at, here I am releasing Force of Nature, you know, it's in cinemas soon. People can buy tickets this weekend for previews. It's happening now. We're opening it. I'm talking, you know, I'm remastering last year The Bank, this year Romulus, My Father, next year Balibo for the 50-year anniversary of the murder of those journalists. So I'm, I'm, I am reflecting on my past work and looking at it and seeing, you know, that. 
and then planning for the future you know the next films the thing you know there's a film that i'm desperate to make based on nikki gemmell's book shiver which is set in the antarctic and so i've been working out okay how do i get to the antarctic how can you know and so I, so it, it, you're as a filmmaker i'm definitely living in those three time frames i think it's important to reflect on your previous work mm. i love that peter weir's director's cut of picnic and hanging rock is shorter i love that he as a filmmaker when he went back and looked at it when audiences need less there's such a respect for the audience mm. isn't it yeah. to, to do a, a director's cut like <laughs> but you know and i think it, it's interesting as a filmmaker to reflect on your earlier work yeah and see if what it what it is well that's it like i in watching force of nature last night i felt like oh i really want to do a double of that and the bank because they are you know the impact of these financial institutions is such a core narrative structure for the bank of course but then it's it's that underlying thing for force of nature and it's just yeah that's right it's yeah there is this wonderful thing of being able to hold truth to power and just yeah, I don't know. Richard Rockford plays a, a, a terrible person quite well, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, we got him to do that role and he was happy to come and do a cameo for us because I just can't imagine anyone else playing it. He's so good. He and Deborah Lee Furness together as this high-powered corporate couple. Fantastic to watch. Like, I, I really enjoy what both of them did. Oh, yeah. And the whole entire cast is wonderful. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Robin's work uh, ever since The Loved One. So it's oh you know what an amazing what an amazing film yeah she's so good yeah so i'm curious then how you go about building a cast like this where do you start well i work my my wife jane norris is one of australia's leading casting directors has cast all my films over 23 years from the bank every one i've directed and she's just amazing she she has a whole philosophical approach to casting which is that within the ensemble you can anchor it with big movie stars like Eric, but you should also have iconic actors that we haven't seen for a while, like Deborah Lee Furness, Jacqueline McKenzie, Robin McLeavy, people who are part of our national cinema. In the dry, it was um, John Paulson, you know, seeing him again. And then you always need new talent. For her, the foundation is that we are an industry that loves new talent. It's, and, you know, we all know that, the joy when we saw Muriel's Wedding, Tony Collette and Rachel Griffiths, unknown actors who went on to become some of the greatest actors in the world. So Robin, um, uh, so uh, Cece Stringer and Lucy Ansel playing Beth and Brie, awesome. I didn't know either of them. Jane introduced me to them. They're both stunning. We're going to see a lot of work from them. They're already getting a lot of other work. In the dry, that ensemble of the four young kids mm. have, have all gone on since the dry and are doing massive global productions all over the world so i think uh it's it's pragmatic as well to give audiences a bit of fun yeah. with the cast and they're all australians in both films they're not um they're not films that need you know an international actor to get made in a, more of a cynical choice they're, it's an uber ultra australian cast yeah yeah which I, which i'm really i'm really proud of actually the casting that jane and jane pushes me she's really good yeah. She pushes me on diversity and on, but diversity of age and gender and cultural background. Like she's she's really big on you know um, shaking the tree a bit with with casting. So I'm really happy with you know those. Well, as you should be. It's a magnificent cast. Um, thank you so much for your time and and I just want to say like your support for 
as a producer as well. And that's a whole different discussion, but as a closing out point, I just want to say your support as a producer bringing films like Sweet As, Petrol, because we have each other, like I could go on and on, The Boys, of course, to life is just, it's phenomenal. Um, so, you know. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you know all those films because I, I kind of have a light touch in the, my public persona on those films, but they're, they're all films I'm really proud of. As you should be. It's, really proud yeah. of. Yeah. You know, because we have each other, like, as a documentary. I mean, it's like an unheralded gem, you know. And, and Elena Lokina, let's, it's exciting to see what she's going to do next. Yeah. Sweet as, it's just punched so far above its weight, really. Exactly. You know, like. Oh, it's great. Well, I've taken up, yeah. yeah, I've taken up all your time. Thank you again, Robert, no, for your fine. work. It's lovely it's, to chat to you. Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> and good luck with the film. Yeah, I, I look forward to talking yeah yeah and we'll talk again down the track with other films oh without you know, a like doubt it'd be good to keep the conversation going because it's really amazing that you're writing about cinema and yeah yeah and one day one day i'll have another look at have you got any have you got any kozlowski in there have you got the dialogue oh, yeah it's over it's there like... it's it's like it's right <laughs> <laughs> that was life-changing for me watching the oh dialogue. it's phenomenal when, isn't when it I was, yeah Oh, my first year film school, Sydney Film Festival, and they played them all. It was like, oh, my God, yeah. it's incredible. Uh, to see it um, on the screen. He's another great. filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Weir and Kozlowski. Anyway. All right. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, bye. Good to chat, mate. Likewise, yeah, bye. bye.